Hello. Hey. Hey, Andrew. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Okay. Just checking. Are you going to the game? I am going to a stupid baseball game. When I accepted the tickets on um, Monday, I was like, great, a baseball game. Uh-huh. And now that it's been like raining all day today, I'm like, fuck, a baseball game. <laughs> Is it still going to be raining <laughs> when you're there? No, it's supposed to stop, but okay. I don't, I don't know. I guess it will be kind of damp. Yeah. Yeah, I and I that. think it's still going to be cloudy, so I'm just like not into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess the, re- the I figured we'd talk because there's no real episode this week because you're recording a special episode in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, so I just figured we'd release something, and the thing that came to mind was the interaction on the the little group chat where you were nervous about how your mom was coming across. Yeah, I guess I was just nervous that it felt like my mom wasn't saying the right things and that somebody may judge her or, yeah, I felt really protective of her. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, because I guess part of us listening to her tell that story was like speculating about the ways that she might have like spun the story in her own head. And I right. guess you were concerned that that would make her come across as like that—that—that that, that, that was like a criticism of her. Yeah, I think so. And also that like maybe she comes off as not as socially aware, or mm. yeah, I just felt very protective of her. That I don't know. I can't immediately predict how like in our past interactions, you know, the love, the funniness of the interaction, I couldn't readily predict how people would respond to the last episode, Mm. which amazingly, I've gotten a really gracious response. Multiple people have hit me up and like acknowledged how violent um, that experience was and how they could hear how I was still affected by it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really appreciate that. But yeah, not being able to readily predict how people would respond to that um, made me uncomfortable. I thought that your mom comes across as great. And even though, yeah, and, and her reaction to that story and her approach to telling it and how she's dealt with it seemed completely like relatable to me. So the idea mm, that she came across like- as like not self-aware or silly or something was like the farthest thing from my mind interesting in what ways was it relatable for you i guess just the fact that like that she had found a way to think about her past in a way that was empowering for her Mm. and i don't see that as like being self self deceptive i see that as like demonstrating some really relatable and great survival instincts yeah yeah that's really helpful framing this is the first time that we've actually talked about it we just briefly text about it yeah no, I guess that's true. Do you think you you would have always felt that impulse to, like, defend your mom from perceived criticism? Yes. That's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can have a criticism of her, but if mm. anybody else says it, they're going to catch these highs, these lows, <laughs> these lows, everything. Uh-huh. I do not play about my mother. Yeah. No, that's great. And my mother doesn't play about me either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always say there are three people in the world that my mother feels can do no wrong. Me, my sister, and my Uncle Freddie, her little brother. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is, we have each other's back. Yeah. So I think that also, when I think of that, 
and my protectiveness, it also is such a survival mechanism of like people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and it even makes me think of, have you seen that Montgomery, Alabama brawl? Uh, tell me about it. What? You haven't seen it yet? What happens? Oh my goodness. Okay. So in Montgomery, Alabama, there's this dock kind of at the end of the city. Oh, oh, the fight thing with the security guard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. So I even think of that, that like survival instinct, this like, I have to protect my mom. Particularly, Mm. I think we have a lot of white listeners too. And Mm. white listeners have high expectations of all of us. They feel like black folks should just be getting it right immediately. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm saying a lot all at once, but that's what came up for me that like, oh, yeah, if anybody has a criticism of my mom, if anything, if we get a letter, like, it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I also feel that fierceness because of my mom's battle right now right. Um, with cancer. So I just, my instinct is always to protect her. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that, like, I'm 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 really jealous of that relationship you have with her. Um, just because, like, I feel like right now, maybe it's because like I had a fight with my mom a few days ago. What happened? Where I don't know. I just got some criticism from her that I wasn't expecting, and it just made me feel like I was like twelve again. Where mm-hmm. like there were all these rules that were like invisible rules, where it was like the expectations weren't clear, and then I would do something wrong, and then like. And then, like, I would get criticized for it. And I would be like, I had no idea mm-hmm. what I did wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. It was some of that. And, like, I don't know. It just, like, it, my relationship with my mom in my adulthood had felt like it had changed so much. But, like, one conversation like that, and all of a sudden I feel like I'm a, I'm a child again. That can happen for me, too. Yeah. Like, it almost feels like you get sucked into a time warp. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like Ant-Man, <laughs> sometimes what it feels like for me, like I get sucked back to be to 2007 and fighting with my mom. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's really normal. Mm-hmm. The, the nice thing that my therapist has had has really helped me work through since my mom's diagnosis, because, yeah, I just was like, I don't want to have blow ups with my mom anymore in mm-hmm. this season. One thing that's been helpful is my therapist reminding me that I'm not. 17 anymore and telling me to remind myself of that as well like actually i can make different choices i can respond differently but it takes a lot of practice yeah for sure and this is probably this should this be the subject of a longer conversation but i know we've 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 talked before about like dealing with the this increasing awareness of our parents fragility and how that like changes our attitudes toward them and our just attitudes toward like life in general (laughs) So. Yeah, one day you realize that your parents are human, and that's weird. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought you were a superhero. Uh-huh. But no, I mean, I, I think, I thought your, your protective instinct toward your mom was, like, was interesting. And, I mean, it, I thought it was, it was good. Um, and um, I thought it was worth exploring. So. Yeah. You want to tell people what and to I expect hope- for the next full episode? Yes. Um, but before that, I also hope that you can work work through this with your mom and I don't know, take it into the next moment of tension that y'all have together. Cause I'm sure it'll happen again. Yeah. Thanks. So I'll be praying for that for you. Yeah. And yes, 
the next episode will be an episode between myself and two really dope-ass radical black women, um, Brooke Scott, who is a pastor in my hometown of Middletown, Delaware, and um, my friend Courtney Anika, who is the director of Roots of Justice, the consulting collective that I'm a part of. Um, So we're going to have a really dope queer black woman conversation um, and talk about Jesus a little bit, too. I'm excited for it. Nice. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. All right, cool. I, you know what? I bet the game tonight is going to be great. It's going to be, like, cool. It's going to be the rain will have stopped. I think I think, he, I think you'll have fun. I hope so. It'll be the day after uh, somebody uh, ran a no-hitter, I guess, yesterday. I was at a bar when it happened. And, like, when white people cheer in mm-hmm. baseball games and stuff, I just start cheering, too. So I was cheering, but I really didn't understand. Uh-huh. But I think it's a big deal that he – through a no-hitter yeah. is the phrase. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Michael Lorenzen, the, like, it was the, one of the, uh, it, it, one of the, it was like, there have only been a few no-hitters in the whole history of the game, <laughs> or, or the Phillies. Yeah. This was one of them, so. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, whoever that guy is, that white man is handsome. I like his long hair. And <laughs> <laughs> then I just kept on drinking and playing quizzes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, enjoy yourself. Thanks for talking with me. Sure thing. Talk All to right. you soon. All right, go Phil's. Bye. Bye. <laughs> go Phil's. Bye. <laughs>